Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year, and the golfers are in Augusta, Georgia, to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. It doesn't sound too bad. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Just pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash. $100. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action and choose your golfer from the tournament before it tees off Thursday morning. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So go ahead and download that top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code. TVPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Everybody, it's Thursday, uh, a King's Off Day. It's a new month. Happy April Fool's Day. Uh, I don't have any jokes or anything for you. Any good April Fool's pranks? I think at this point, no one believes anything anyone says on April 1st. But what the hell? Here we go. Welcome back to the Ruler of the Court podcast. I am the ruler of this court, uh, this podcast court, I guess you might want to call it. Jason Jones, uh, Kings writer, NBA writer, a little bit of everything writer for The Athletic. And we're here to talk Kings. We're here to talk hip hop. We're here to talk whatever else comes to my mind. (laughs) Knowing me with my crazy mind, that could be anything. I might even throw in a little baseball today just for the hell of it. Because guess what? The defending world champion LA Dodgers are back. And so 
You guys might get sick of hearing about the Dodgers. I don't care. I had to wait, what, how many years? What, yeah, 30 years, 32 years to see another World Series. Y'all going to get all this World Series talk at some point, but not right now. But again, Rule of the Court podcast is back, talking about some some, uh, Kings basketball. My occasional co-host, Mika, is not here with me, but I will tell you, she is disappointed the Kings lost on Wednesday because she felt like her appearance on this podcast somehow sparked the Kings to better things. So let's see. I'll see about getting her back on soon because if that is the case and I get to write more about a team that wins, which I'm not used to doing, by the way, it's kind of confusing covering a team that wins. I've only done it for like bits and pieces. You know, but if that'll help the Kings, maybe I'll have her back on. So let's just get right to it. Wednesday night, the Kings five game losing streak came to an end. Lost at San Antonio. 120-106. Just didn't like they had their legs all night. Was not a good performance from them from top to bottom. Defensively, they just looked blah, you know, looked like the step or two slow all night. Got beat on the boards. I mean, I just really think the Spurs, in a lot of ways, for the first pretty much two and a half, three quarters, just out-hustled them. You know, and what you would could expect, considering that the Kings pretty much, you know, embarrassed them <laughs> Monday night, and the Kings had to, they had to know coming in, the Spurs weren't going to settle for getting beat like that again. You know, they weren't going to lose by 17 if they could help it back-to-back games at home. But the Spurs came out, they set the tempo, they, they established... The way it was going to happen, and the Kings never really recovered. They didn't shoot the ball well most of the night. You know, your typical recipe for a Kings loss. So, but this is not going to be a game recap. This is going to be essentially a recap of the month of March. A month that I think, all in all, has been, you know, good for the Kings. Kings go, you know, they, you know, get nine wins in the month. They've played well after the All Star break. No, things they're not used to doing, (laughs) quite honestly. You know, they did a little bit last year. They got ruined a little bit after the break. But generally, this has been a team that has played its worst basketball when it, you know, at least the last couple of years, they've played their worst when it mattered the most. Two seasons ago, the season that I call the over, I mean, the, uh, I call the facade, I call the uh, illusion. The, it was the illusion that this team was closer to being a good team than it actually was. And we'll actually, for our recap March, I'll start there with why this this stretch to me is, is so important. If you think back to 2018-19, that season, you know, the Kings were like, they were the talk of the, not the talk of the league, but they had ceased being the butt of jokes of the league to a degree. Teams above 500 after the all, you know, at the All-Star break, you know, you know, think about that. A Kings team had played 50-plus games and was above 500. That was like, you know, something to behold. But the whole time that was going on, there was something simmering there. You had a lot of players in the locker room who didn't like their coach, Dave Yeager. And that team just did not finish the season well. Finished the season 9-16 and 16 after the break. If you remember... Probably the flashpoint for their downfall began in Oakland, where the Kings were playing the Warriors, and Dave Yeager 
yelled at Buddy Heald during the game for... He took a deep three out of a timeout. He made the shot, but it wasn't the play that was called. And Dave Yeager wasn't happy about it, and he let him have it. And so when Buddy had another chance to make a key shot late in that game, Buddy hesitated, you know, and looked like a guy who just had his confidence shattered or his feelings hurt. You know, because his coach yelled at him and everyone in the buildings like he made the shot, though. And they, why is his coach yelling at him? And that kind of be- helped begin the slide that ended up being that bad finish to the season. You'd see that team going to blow a 25-point lead at home to Brooklyn where the Brooklyn Nets pretty much just ran high pick and roll with D'Angelo Russell and Jared Dudley for the entire fourth quarter. For whatever reason, the Kings couldn't figure out, hey, I think D'Angelo's going left when Jared Dudley sets the screen. You know, they just looked completely disconnected and it showed all the way to the end of the season. And eventually Dave Yeager was fired. You know, then it take you back to last season. The Kings are making a push. So after the break, they're 13 and 7 in their last 20 games. They're feeling good. We get hit with a global pandemic. Season over. And then what happens? You come back to the bubble. Kings still have a chance to make the playoffs. That's just that that's that's what I think about when I think about how they came out in the bubble. Just came out flat, fell on their face collectively, you know, missed the playoffs again. So and I, I bring those two things up for for uh this reason. In both cases the Kings had legitimate chances at making the postseason and at the time of the year where the pressure increases, their performance decreased. So that's why I'm so curious about what they'll do um, this time down the stretch. And I think this the month of March was a good start for them not being the same old Kings. Because trust me, I was ready for the same old Kings. You know, and can you blame me? I mean, this is what you normally get. <laughs> That's what you were getting a lot of times from this team. You know, all the time. It's because... This is what the Kings have, you know, like I said, historically, repeatedly have done in these situations. They just have never played well, you know, when it mattered most. I should say historically. I mean, they didn't do that all the time, like, say, the Rick Adelman years. But the last couple of years especially have been problematic with that. But look at this uh, this time around. The Kings go 9-5. and five. In March, um, probably more importantly, eight and four after the All Star break, and this that stretch came, you know, after, you know, one of the worst stretches of the season where they, you know, they had lost you no know, lost nine straight, going you know to, to close you no, know, uh, toward the end of February they snuck they snuck in a win in Detroit before they came back home and beat the Lakers at home in the game where they ooh, they easily could have lost. But overall, like I said, they go the month 9-5, and 8-4 and four after the break. This is a change because... But I think this time around, the pressure to get into the playoffs is increased for the Kings because of the play-in situation. You don't have to catch San Antonio with 8. 
or get to Dallas at seven. You just got to finish at the top ten. And the top ten this year means catching the Warriors or the Memphis Grizzlies. And right now the Kings are still just a game and a half behind <laughs> those two teams with plenty of time to make up the difference, catch up, and make and make a difference. So there's more pressure, I, I believe, but so far the Kings have responded well to that pressure. Like I said, going eight and four after the break, going nine and five in March, actually trending upward when as the pressure increases and the pressure will get more and more, the intensity will pick up more and more. You know, all of that stuff is going to happen as this season continues. So I like what I've seen from the Kings in March. I think that, you know, there have been definitely some positive strides. I look at their, like I said, no, they've shown signs of, the defense still isn't the uh, bad boy Pistons or, you know, they're no one can feel this with a, a 90s Knicks team. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be holding teams to 80 or 82, 84 points. But they've shown some signs that they want to get better at that. I think the new additions definitely help. Uh, having a Mo Harkless and DeLon Wright and Terrence Davis will help there. But now it's time to continue it. You know, they hopefully or possibly learned a lesson from their uh, experience in San Antonio that after San Antonio got beat by 17 by the Kings on Monday, what they what they did was they came back out with more intensity, picked it up just to see how in the in the Kings didn't respond. And the Kings have to expect that at this point of the season, teams are going to come at them. You know, more because, you know, there's more in the line. Like said, the Spurs have a lot of veterans. They weren't trying to go into a prolonged losing streak. And this coming weekend will be, a, again, a chance for the Kings to not go into a prolonged losing streak. Host the Lakers on Friday. Many, uh, Minnesota, not Minnesota, uh, Milwaukee, all the M teams. <laughs> Milwaukee is um, in town on Saturday. And then they go to Minnesota on Monday. And I'm going to say, I think 2-1 and one over these next three is the kind of progress the Kings need to be making if they want to be a playoff team. Of course, if they don't, you know, it's not like it's the, you know, the end of the world. But I think that would be a good thing for them to see. Just because I just think it would be a sign that they're understanding that this time of the year the pressure picks up, the intensity picks up, and they've got to do that. Because the last couple of years in these situations, quite frankly, they've looked horrible when <laughs> when it was, you know, as the late great Chick Hearn would say, winning time. They have not come through, like I said, whether it was the bubble, whether it was the 2018-19 season where they just decided to play their worst ball after the break. Now's a good opportunity for the Kings to prove that they're not the Kings and just be the Kings. You know, this this is what they got to do. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, can De'Aaron Fox continue to play like an all-star for instead of, you know, you know, two weeks, three weeks, can De'Aaron play like an all-star for two months? You know, and that's what the great ones do. You know, can he do it for two months? Can he do it all the way until mid-May to get the Kings a shot at the playoffs? You know, it'll be interesting to see. Can Buddy Hill find, you know, 
consistently make shots? Uh, will the new additions help with a with a Harrison Barnes save his legs, give him a break, you know, have, so he can be fresher down the stretch? Can the new additions? Can you know? Can Delon Wright, Terrence Davis, and Mo Harkless give the Kings enough to where they can you know inch their way into the postseason? And I should say the playing tournament because that's that's the realistic path right now. Right now, their path to the to the to the playoffs is to get in the top ten, nine. You know, maybe they get to eight, but even even in that case, you're still in the playing situation, so you're not going to get to six. You know, I don't care how much the Lakers here and other teams tumble with injuries. You know, so but can you get into that 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 top ten, and then more pressure? It picks up. Just want to see how these guys play under pressure. And one thing I remember the uh, previous staff with Jaeger and that staff, they would tell you privately that, yeah, they had some guys who made big shots, you know, in regular season games, but those weren't pressure shots. I mean, if you're a bad team and you hit a game winner when there was nothing on the line other than just, hey, pride, that's not pressure. Now we're going to start to see the pressure come ramp up. Now... The Kings can be like, oh, damn, the Warriors lost. We need to win to pick up a game on them. Or, man, Memphis is struggling. We need to pick up a game. They play Memphis twice after the you know, after the break. They, they, they will have to go in there saying, we got to beat this team twice. Or they may have to beat them twice to make the plan. So I'm curious to see how this group responds to pressure. Um, last year wasn't pretty in the bubble. The year before, I would say we've gone over. It was just flat out terrible the last 25 games, but new year, maybe new team. We'll see how they respond. But I do believe this team is set up uh, better than it was a week ago to make that happen based on the additions to via the trades, uh, to shore up the depth, get some athleticism. Actually, you look at the uh, game on Wednesday as listless and just kind of just slow as the 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 first group looked. It was the guys off the bench who sparked the Kings, got them back in the game. They just couldn't maintain it. So I think you're already seeing the value of this Kings bench and what they and if the, if these guys continue to gel with their new teammates, it could be the key to seeing this team have a meaningful game mid May. You know, a normal year that would mean you know damn near the conference finals. It won't be that, but yeah, it's, it's playing tournament playoffs or bust for this team at this point. So might as well go for the gusto. Go ahead and get in there. And before I move on to hip hop, I want to touch on one other thing. Uh, I had my uh, live uh, Q and A on the athletic website uh, earlier this week, and I see it on social media. It comes up a lot, you know. Why aren't they playing like Robert Woodard or why isn't the Quan Jeffries or Justin James or Kyle Guy getting more run? And I'm going I'm to I'm tell you, I'm going to tell you again, I'm going to remind you. It's because this team actually wants to win games. Yeah, they're not tanking. And if you really enjoy watching De'Aaron Fox play, <laughs> if you don't want this team to win games, you have to cut De'Aaron's minutes to like, oh, by a good 10, 12 a night. And no one's trying to do that. So that's, you know, you can't have it both ways. And a lot of people out there seem to want 
either, you know, you got people who are like, I don't care. They should lose every game because they're not going to you know win a championship or make the playoffs. I hate that mentality. I think the Kings have been losers long enough. And the last thing they need to do is continue to foster a uh, losing mentality with this team. I don't think they need to keep doing that anymore. So I actually li- I like the direction they're going. I like the idea of push to get in, go all in on 10. I might be afraid. Go all in on 10. All in on the top 10. So, but yeah, that is the reason why you don't see the young guys out there, you know, getting their, uh, getting some more experience. And again, if this was a regular season, they would uh, probably be all in, uh, <laughs> in the G League right now. So, don't uh, put too much in that. I say don't worry about that. Let these guys do what they do. You know, and let's, you know, and see what happens with them. And with that said, I can start the transition into the uh, music portion of the show. And... I kind of went back and forth on this one. I was going to talk about Common because uh, Wednesday was the anniversary of his album, Like Water for Chocolate. And I wanted to talk about some of my favorite Common songs and all that. And I still might touch on that a little bit at the end. But March 31st was also the anniversary of Nipsey Hussle's uh, passing when he was killed in front of his store in, in, uh, in his neighborhood in L.A. And... I've talked about Nip on this show before, but the reason why Wednesday was um, kind of brought back some some tough memories about that day was because when the news broke of what happened, I was in San Antonio for a Kings game. Actually, it was during a, a Kings game when I saw the news, and you know you don't usually you know get emotional on the uh, you know on press row, but I did. When I saw the news about you know that, that Nip was gone, and no, I didn't know him personally. I just knew him from his music, but it all just hit me like, damn, like, damn, and you know, and honestly, I don't remember much of that post game media. I was just kind of, I was just kind of just gone the rest of the night, and kind of the way I coped with it that night was I went back to the hotel. Went to the gym, called myself trying to get some exercise. I just started playing Nipsey Hustle mixtapes and going back to some old stuff. And it, it was just a tough night. And I just thought it was odd or ironic or whatever word I'm supposed to use that on the anniversary, the Kings are in the exact same city they were two years ago, uh, March 31st. Uh, on the, at the end of a road trip, about to fly back to Sacramento, so it's like it's like I remember just all of that, all of that. I didn't sleep well that night, you know. I ended up you know watching a lot of YouTube, watching reading a lot of stuff, hearing all types of conspiracy theories about what happened, so on and so forth. I wouldn't recommend probably doing that, but it was a tough day for anyone who's from LA, like myself. It was a tough day for hip hop. I remember thinking about how I was on that trip, but I actually wanted to be home for the reason of, uh, that's when uh, the Joe Budden podcast was on its tour. They were in the Bay Area. I kind of wanted to go to that. I'm like, no, nah, I got to go on this trip. Uh, but yeah, it was just a tough, tough day. 
tough day for hip hop, tough day for everyone. And you probably saw a lot of Nipsey Hustle tributes on you know, on social media. And even on the Kings broadcast during the game, they're mentioning it. Kings Twitter, every you know, so then like I said, I, I wasn't gonna break down any Nipsey music or anything like that, but I just want to definitely acknowledge that 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 you no know, Wednesday, that day, that anniversary, that sad anniversary, and just kind of the feelings I had that day being in San Antonio, and then seeing the Kings in San Antonio today, and like I said, I don't think I've ever shed a tear on press row except that day. And like I said, the whatever I wrote about, if I wrote, I don't remember because that, that day just became a blur because I was thinking about, damn, what's going on in L.A.? What's going on? What's going on? So I wanted to uh, share that, talk about that. And you know what? Try to lighten them. Not say, I won't say lighten the mood, but kind of give me... Uh, Go out on a happier note, so to speak. I will talk about Common. Not really that one album, but just Common in general. Just because I think he's one of the uh, better better lyricists we've ever had in hip-hop. Uh, admittedly, I wasn't a big fan of his early on. and uh, Why? Very childish, kiddish reason. Uh, he was beefing with Ice Cube. And being <laughs> young in the 90s... You know, I just took Ice Cube's side. I didn't care what the beef was about. I'm like, Ice Cube ain't fucking with Common. I ain't, you know. And it was crazy because the song that got the whole little beef going, I used to love her. I actually like that song because I'm a big fan of poetry and metaphors. And I, I understood the metaphor of the song and hip hop and of I used to love her. This is back when common was common sense, you know. So I mean, I was I di- I was really digging the song, but kind of like Cube and them, I kind of took the part about you know, hip hop going to the West Coast and her changing and all that, like it was a shot at the West Coast. Common says it wasn't, but you know, this was also an era where beef and going back and forth was the norm. So you know, so when Cube when Westside Connection dropped a Westside Slaughterhouse, I was like, yeah, 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 let's do this. And then Common came back with the Cube disc. And you know what's crazy about that? I don't know if I've ever heard the full version of that song, The Bitch and You. I think I've never heard the full version because it's not like it was now where you can get on SoundCloud, YouTube, or whatever and hear the whole version of a song. It was like, you know, it was like a scavenger hut to hear stuff like that back then. And I never heard it. Maybe because probably I didn't want to hear anyone diss Cube if I heard he got Cube good. But it is what it is. They've clearly moved on. They did the barbershop movie together. So clearly they get along fine. But I just wanted to like say, hey, you know, we do grow up. Like I said, I wasn't rocking with Common. But as I, you know, realized that it was probably silly for me to not like someone based on who my favorite rapper didn't like. And kind of got into my own, you know, deeper into my music bag and learning more about other people. Colin is dope. And so what I want to do is I want to share some of my favorite, you know, common albums, moments, you know. And where do I want to begin? Uh, 
Actually, I'll go to his. Uh, I'll go to uh, "Let Love" from twenty nineteen. Just because I think that was a. Uh, there was one song like I said I talked about common and you know this again part of your uh was kind of my tradition my weekly homework lesson for you to listen to good music, and he had a song on there. Uh, fifth story. And that song was a you know I won't give it all away if you haven't heard it, but it's a great it's it's a great example of st- of storytelling, storytelling, the detail, the way he takes the story takes you through the whole thing, just reminded me of why, you know, <laughs> I like his music so much, and we're gonna go back a little further and probably the album that really got me uh like i said like water for chocolate that was the anniversary album you know which had you know some you know it had the 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 one hit you know if you haven't heard this song you need to get your hip-hop card revoked even heard the light i mean that was like a hit so but the album that got me with common that like got me officially hooked with b that was the one uh produced by kanye and one of the best albums, top to bottom, I've ever that I've ever listened to or heard. So, I'm not going to assign you specific songs from B. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you what you need to do is go back and just play that thing all the way through. Your assignment is the entire album, just Kanye's production that you know his soul, you know his soul samples. Most again from my soul samples, you know, but those soul samples. And I think Common's delivery, his voice, his flow was very soulful. It really blends well. It's and it so enjoyable. I listen to this still to this day, you know. And if I want to highlight one song, especially for its storytelling, Testify. You know. You know that's you know, like I said, great storytelling. I love great storytelling. And that's an example of another example of great storytelling. And I promise you, you won't, you know, you won't regret listening to it. I promise you that. Just because it's a, it's a great album. Pretty sure it didn't win no awards or nothing. Cause, uh, you know, the, the awards folks get stuff wrong all the time. But it is by far one of the better albums I've ever heard. So, shout out to Common. Um... Uh, Take it, you know, go through your the library of of your your favorite common songs, you know. Like I said and play B on repeat. You want to relax, you want to be in a good mood. Play that one on repeat. I'm trust me, you won't regret it. You'll like it. So, again, you know, get ready for a big weekend for the Kings, Lakers in town, and. Doesn't feel like much of a rivalry now because there's no fans. There's or, or in this case, there's not a bunch of Laker fans at Golden One Center to cheer the Lakers when they're introduced and and fight off the boos from Kings fans. But it's a big game for the Kings. I think it's going to be a winnable game. You know, Milwaukee won't be easy. You know, Giannis. You know, coming to town. But you know, hey, you're at home. Try to get some confidence going at home. Kings need to become a better home team anyway this season. Like I said, Monday, Minnesota. Uh, that's your weekend. I think 2-1-1 is realistic. 
I think anything uh, less than that would feel disappointing, but definitely not season-ending, no reason to panic. Still a lot of basketball to be played, but you just definitely want to see the Kings not let Wednesday's loss at San Antonio become a three, four, five-game losing streak, and then we're back to the same tired questions about, you know, who to trade, who not to trade, you know, all that stuff, and looking toward the offseason. Let's stay in the moment. Let's hope the Kings, and I don't know like I'm saying let's hope. Well, maybe because I am hoping to be able to write about and talk about something better than just a whole bunch of losses, you know. But let's see what they do. Yeah, remember, no cheering from the press box. And, uh, again, you know where to find me at uh, for your Kings coverage at theathletic.com. You know, I got you covered on, you know, what's going on with the team. And so does our team of NBA writers. Uh, you can find me here, clearly, on the Rule of the Court podcast, where I'm just rambling and talking about whatever when it comes to the Kings. And you can find me on social media, at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, at Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. Uh, I'm always on there having fun. Definitely hit me up. Uh, at me, mention me. Hell, DM me. I might actually see it in a reply if it's something interesting, so... You know what to do, y'all. Again, I am Jason Jones. This is the Rule of the Court podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am out of here. Y'all take care. Catch you next time.